News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app, this is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. you got to stop by the dealership. It's March Madness at Cunis Honda Hyundai. What does that mean? Well, uh, they're going to let you shoot a, a layup, a free throw, and a three-point shot in an attempt to save some money on the bottom dollar of your new or used vehicle purchase. They're having a lot of fun. Stop by the dealership. Tell them Mark sent you when you get there. Uh, welcome on into the show. Episode 177 is going to be a doozy of On the Mark on this uh, March 11th as we broadcast live from our KHMO studios here in uh, in Quincy, Illinois. I appreciate you so much uh, making me a part of your morning. If you're listening on the terrestrial radio or on the KHMO app, you can follow the show on the mark, KHMO, on Facebook. Just search us on Facebook. And as always, uh, whether you're listening on the Facebook Live or on the radio, hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me there, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Last night was a night uh, for Twitter, right? You got college basketball mayhem left and right, and you have what is undoubtedly one of the biggest trades and biggest moves of the offseason in the NFL as the number one overall pick has been traded. We will jump into that with Hespin headline number one. So let's get to it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. The Chicago Bears have officially put all the pressure on the Carolina Panthers. That's what's really behind this trade, right? So obviously the Bears have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers uh, in exchange for what I described on Twitter and on the On the Mark KMO Facebook page last night as a haul. A capital H, capital A, capital U, capital L haul. Ryan Poles did a terrific, terrific job with this move. An absolute haul. Uh, they got the number nine overall pick. So they go from one to nine. So they're still picking in the top 10 this year, which, um, is going to allow them to still put, uh, make a, uh, a pick for a really dynamic game changing talent, right? They get Carolina pick number 61 overall, which 61 overall is at the very end of round two. That was the Niners pick. The Niners second rounder that they gave to Carolina for Christian McCaffrey. Okay? Uh, so they get number nine this year. They get number 61 this year. Second rounder. They get Carolina's 2024 first rounder. So next year's first rounder. They get Carolina's 2025 second rounder. I love that pick because think about that's just going to be icy on the cake. That's two years from now. So much changes in the NFL in two years. And all of a sudden, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, hey, that's right. We still got that extra second-round pick. Thanks, Carolina. And the 
icing on the cake, the cream of the crop, the thing that I that automatically as a fan starts the daydreaming, the excitement, and what really to me is the linchpin of this trade is the Carolina Panthers are trading their best offensive weapon, a true wide receiver number one, DJ Moore, to the Chicago Bears, along with all of the picks. It's a it's a massive, massive haul for the Chicago Bears. So that's the trade. Now we look at it, and I go back to what is the headline. The Bears have put the pressure on Carolina. So let's stop focusing on the Chicago Bears for a second. And let's turn our focus to the Carolina Panthers, who've just made the trade for the number one overall pick. So why is there pressure on Carolina? Well, Carolina now has to find, they have to find Cam Newton or better, right? The last time Carolina had the number one overall pick, it took a quarterback. They got Cam Newton. And Cam Newton was a terrific number one overall pick for them. He led them to a Super Bowl. He won an MVP. He won multiple divisions. He made them nationally relevant, sold millions and millions of dollars in merchandise. He was a face of the league. He had a seven-year run where he was uh, a, one of the dynamic top players in the NFL. A guy that was talked about on shows like mine on the daily, not just locally in Carolina, but nationally. He was a, uh, a superstar. So, did Cam Newton's career last as long as Carolina would have liked it to last? No. No, no, no. But that is the modern NFL quarterback. Not everyone's Tom Brady. Not everyone is Peyton Manning playing to 40. Not everyone's Aaron Rodgers playing to 40. Drew Brees playing to 40. Sometimes you take a number one overall pick, and they give you seven incredible years of merchandise sales, winning, and national relevancy. And that's a great, great thing. So they've got to find Cam Newton or better, right? If you fall short, if you pick anything that with this haul, what you give up, if you don't get Cam Newton or better, uh, it will look at, I think, as a, as a not a disaster, but a, a really huge swing and a miss that will set the Carolina Panthers franchise back. Now, uh, there was a lot of PR spinning last night on Twitter. You heard Panthers people saying and reporters saying, well, the Panthers feel good. They have 45 days to figure out who they're going to take number one overall to evaluate these quarterbacks. But the evaluation's already been going on, right? They have an idea. So if it were me right now and I was in the Carolina Panthers draft room, I'd be pounding the table for C.J. Stroud. Last week on this show... I went through, and I'm glad I did it last week now, knowing that uh, now we have the number one overall pick traded. You guys know where I stand on this. I have Stroud number one overall. Uh, I have Levis number two, Bryce Young three, and Richardson four. Um, I, I, I think the pick is between, if I were the Panthers, the pick is between Stroud and Young for me. I wouldn't take Levis number one. I wouldn't want the pressure on him in that way. Uh, I, I don't think he's the number one overall upside guy. And with Richardson, his upside is beyond number one overall. He literally is Cam Newton 2.0. But you've now given up so much. You've emptied the cupboards. I mean, think about what Carolina has done. I have um, 
I want to go to Twitter here now. Uh, this is from John Helmkamp. The Panthers could have drafted Justin Fields when they had Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore two years ago. Remember that? And they passed on him. They didn't. But now they've traded away DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and all the picks they got from Christian McCaffrey and also traded away two firsts and two seconds to draft a QB now that won't have anyone to throw to. So, the, I mean, the Panthers have put themselves in a really, really tight situation. It's a pressure cooker. Now, they've also given themselves some leeway, right? New coach, new GM, kind of a fresh start, right? You're going to get to draft a quarterback, so they're going to have time. They're going to have time. They don't have to win now. They don't have to win now. Um, but if I were Carolina, I, I would take Levis out of the discussion. I would focus strongly on C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and I would look at Richardson. I'd be, I'd be, and now there's reports that Carolina is willing to trade number one overall. They're not going to trade number one overall. They're not. Um, they're just not. So pressure's on Carolina. You've got to find Cam Newton 2.0 or more. This this player you choose has got to be at least seven years of national relevancy, MVP level play. A Super Bowl appearance, or else it will be seen deemed as you gave up too much, you emptied too much of the cupboards, you put the kid in a horrible position to win because you had nothing to help build around him. And now Carolina's got to get creative. They have some picks still, but you've got to get creative. They got it in free agency and trades, and with whatever draft picks they have left to to find some pieces to really help out. They got a nice little defense, a young upcoming defense. Got to find ways to now. Uh, give weapons to the to whoever they take at number one overall. So let's flip it now to my beloved Chicago Bears. As you're listening on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Oh boy, can I unload the clip here? What a this is this is everything I could have hoped for and more for trading the number one overall pick. There was some rumblings on Twitter last night. Well, could they have gotten more if they? Not DJ Moore, but more from the overall, if they had traded from one to two and then like two to four and then maybe traded again. Yeah, but that, that, you're right. Maybe you could have, but you could have gotten draft capital. Clearly, DJ Moore was the target of this trade. Uh, I've read reports last night from, uh, people on Twitter and sources and I have no reason to doubt that it's true. That Carolina wanted to give Chicago a 2025 first rounder and keep DJ Moore. The Bears said, absolutely not. We're not doing this deal with you unless DJ Moore is involved. And the, uh, the Bears got what they wanted. And I'm sure it was a tough decision for Carolina to make, but Carolina, think about all the resources they've thrown at trying to figure out the quarterback since Cam Newton went down, including bringing Cam Newton back after they let him go. Uh, they need, they need, need, need this. They need to draft someone and find a franchise, uh, they, uh, a signaling direction. Uh, and so they gave up everything. They're like Thanos. What did it cost? Everything. Um, and so for the Chicago Bears, I- I'm beyond excited about this because what this does for the Chicago Bears is twofold. It takes the pressure off of drafting the wide receiver, right? It takes the pressure off. That's gone. You now have a really, really 
great young receiving core. DJ Moore, I saw this tweet last night, and I want to bring it up as well. Um, DJ Moore is cost-effective. The Bears inherited a three-year, $52.2 million deal, less than $18 million a year, for a 25-year-old receiver who is the same age, same age as Vellis Jones Jr., who they just drafted last year. And listen to this. This is from Chris Emma on Twitter. DJ Moore's 364 receptions over his five years in the league would make him third in the Bears' all-time receptions, trailing only Matt Forte and Walter Payton. His 5,202 receiving yards since he's entered the league would be the most in franchise history. So if DJ Moore had started his career in Chicago, he's only 25, he is still in his prime, and you have him cost-controlled for the next three years of his prime until he's only 28, 29 years old, he would be statistically the greatest receiver in Chicago Bears history. So you get a true number one for your franchise. He's not, you know, a top five receiver in the league, but he's top ten. And he's your franchise is true number one. He's cost-controlled, and it takes the pressure off of drafting a wide receiver one with your first or your second pick in this year's draft. It takes the pressure off. So they can still draft Jackson Sith in Jigba if they wanted to, but it takes the pressure off. They don't have to, and we as fans are not going to roast them for not doing it. So there's that, which is amazing. Now let's look at the picks. At number nine, the Bears are in a brilliant position to take best overall available player. And there's going to probably be one of the top five players available because as now the Panthers moving up, it puts the Cardinals in a wonderful position at three, right? Because Carolina is going to take a quarterback one. Texans are going to take whoever they don't take two. Carolina is sitting there at three. If you want to guarantee yourself young Richardson or uh, Stroud, you've got to get to three. And if someone trades with Carolina to get to three, you would imagine the fourth quarterback, whoever that name is, Levis, Richardson, or Young, in my opinion, whoever's left there at four to not be drafted, will go before the Bears at nine. Someone's going to take him, whether that's uh, Atlanta, uh, whether that's Indianapolis, whether that's the Raiders. So there could be four quarterbacks now taken one through eight leaving the Chicago Bears one of the five best position players available in the draft to take. And they need it because, as we know, the Bears, I said it all year long, the Bears are about five A players and four B players away from being a Super Bowl contender. Well, they just added an A player in D.J. Moore, right? So now you, you so now you've crossed off. You need four more A players. You're going to get another A player with the number nine over pick. Boom, you cross off. Now you're three A players away. You could find an A player in, in round two for sure, and they have two picks to do it. So number nine is great for the Bears. It is They're so open to do a ton at number nine. Now let's talk about the fact that the Chicago Bears got picked 61. Well, look at the Chicago Bears. In, in, that, in that part of the draft, in the second round, the Bears have a 
a really, really unique uh, thing they're working with. The Chicago Bears, according to Courtney Cronin, and this is true, she covers the Bears, for the 2023 draft, have picks number 53, 61, and 64. That is two late second rounders and the first pick of the third round. So from 53 to 64, in 10 picks, they have three players to choose. For, they, could, they could take, in 10 selections, they have three of the 10. It's incredible. It's just incredible. They can use that dearth of picks to obviously take three players because they need the depth. Or if there's someone they really like who's falling in late in the first round or early second, they can move up. They have the capital. The Bears also have a string of picks um, in the fourth, end of the fourth, into the fifth. It's the same thing. 103, 33, 36, and 148. So they're within 45 picks. The Bears have five of them, all in that precious fourth and fifth round. Heart of the draft. So the Chicago Bears are set up th- this year's draft to be to make moves, to just take all the players at all those picks and add 10 um, new rookies to your roster that is young and needs a bunch of talent. Maybe trade a couple of those picks to move up or trade a couple of those picks for a player still. Uh, the, the draft is still 45 days away. So the Bears, this year, to, to rebuild, are in such a great position. The other thing is the DJ Moore contract now means the Bears only have to spend $75 million in free agency. So they spent a large chunk on a really great player and... They still have the most money to spend in free agency. But now they don't have to overspend in the free agent part of the wide receiver free agency market. So it's just brilliant for the Chicago Bears. It is. It's just brilliant. Now, I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. All right? Think about next year's draft. The Bears have their own pick. We expect the Bears to be better, right? I'm I'm already leaning towards Justin Fields taking growth. Bears to be better. Well, maybe they just miss the playoffs or just make the playoffs. So say they're picking around 17 to 22. That's fair, right? Well, Carolina, we now have their pick. And Carolina is in a total rebuilding year with a rookie quarterback. It's not unreasonable for me to assume Carolina ends up with a top five pick. Well, we know there are two quarterbacks in next year's drafts that are going to go one and two, unless they have disastrous seasons. But they don't. They don't. I don't think they will. Caleb Williams, USC, and Drake May of UNC. What if Carolina ends up with the one, the one or the two pick? The Bears could be in the same position next year with Carolina's pick, and they could completely fire sale for two can't miss draft picks next year, or. If that pick is the third, fourth, or fifth pick, you know who's on the board next year with the top five pick? Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, who is by far a, would be the number one wide receiver in this draft, will be the number one wide receiver next year's draft. So if the Claypool thing doesn't work out, and you don't want to sign Mooney to a big deal, and I have DJ Moore and you go draft Marvin Smith Jr. next year. So already you start to think about what this could be for the Bears for long term. I mean, this is franchise-changing 
shaping the future with one move for the Chicago Bears. It's brilliant. Now, there's the elephant in the room as well. There are Justin Fields doubters. I'm not one of them, but there are doubters. What if Justin Fields stinks and he's not good this year? Well, you got two first picks next year. Two first rounders. Go get your guy. I I, I mean, I don't believe that's going to happen because I think Justin Fields is going to take a giant leap, and we're going to be talking about him a year from now the way we were talking about Jalen Hurts, and he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFC with a great supporting cast. But if he has a bad year and he's a disaster, you have two first-round picks next year. The Chicago Bears, I cannot tell you enough and stress this enough, it was a rough season. And it was hard to go through. And you never want to be in the number one pick. But they are turning. They have the ability to turn this thing around and be built for long-term success overnight because of this trade with Carolina. And for Carolina, they're risking it all in the sense that they need a cardinal direction. They need someone they can put on the front of their programs. They need a leader. They need someone who can right their ship. And they feel like this is the year to do it. Get aggressive. And make that move. And they thought, we're going to go with the rookie over Lamar Jackson. And we'll talk about that with Lamar Jackson coming up next. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Uh, you got to stop by. Have some fun at the dealership this weekend. It's March Madness at Cunis Honda Hyundai. When we come back... Let's talk about Mr. Jackson and what's going on in Baltimore. It's on the mark, live and local on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. I'm Martin Hoke, the KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. Stop by the dealership, check out their giant selection of new and used vehicles, and shoot a layup, shoot a free throw, Shoot a three-pointer. The more shots you make, the more money you take off of the final price of your car. It's March Madness at Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Um, it is on the mark, broadcasting live in our KHMO studios here in uh, Quincy, Illinois, on this March 11th. Um, I, I Listen, I could just keep talking about the Chicago Bears. Uh, I won't. <laughs> yeah, and part of the reason I won't is because there is like five other things I could have led the show with all week long. And uh, and then that trade happens last night. Um, and so now we have to we have to refocus in on something that I think is just a fascinating story, and there's many layers to it. And people are are passionate about what's going on in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. So let me lay it out for you. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Lamar Jackson is in limbo. He's stuck. He's in a, he, he is in a quicksand and the ropes that people are throwing him, he doesn't love a lot of the options. So what's going on with this? Let's start with what we factually know has happened with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. We know that they have been negotiating on a contract for two years now. We know that Lamar Jackson does not have an agent, which you know my stance on that. I've said it many, many times. It's a terrible move from Lamar. We know 
that the Ravens have now put the ex- the in- the unexclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, which means it's kind of like restricted free agency in the NBA. Lamar Jackson is free to go talk to whatever teams he wants, negotiate with whatever teams he wants, and get an offer from whatever teams he wants to talk to. He is free to go do that. The Ravens have the right to um, see that offer, whatever offers come to Lamar, and match it or say no deal. But there's a catch. If they say no deal, not only does the team who Lamar Jackson gets an offer from get to sign Lamar to whatever deal they agree upon, they have to give the Baltimore Ravens their next two first-round picks. So, for example, if that was the Atlanta Falcons, they need a quarterback, they would have to give up number eight this year and next year's first. If that was the Commanders, they would have to give up number 16 this year and next year's first. So um, that's that's what we factually know about the Lamar Jackson situation. Now let's speculate, right? Let's let's get into what, what do I think is going on behind the scenes. First and foremost, here's where I want to start. The Ravens are, to me, from all accounts and everything I've seen in my football life with the Ravens, uh, a very well-run and smart organization. And they don't make bad decisions often, right? The Ravens have been firm in the saying that they are not going to give fully guaranteed money. And if they are giving fully guaranteed money, it is not going to be close to the Deshaun Watson $250 million fully guaranteed money that, that Lamar wants. The, the, Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson contract is the at the crux of all of this. I said it last year when he signed the deal. I said it throughout the season, and I'll say it again now. The Cleveland Browns were the only team dumb enough to do that deal, let alone dumb enough to do it for a person who has the off-the-field criminal uh, accusations that that Deshaun Watson has. There is no dispute in my mind that Lamar Jackson is a much better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. No dispute in my mind. I would rather have Lamar 10 times out of 10, even with the recent injury concerns with Lamar Jackson. Right? But just because you're better than Deshaun Watson, it doesn't mean I am going to pay you more than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson got 200% more than his market value because the Cleveland Browns are a dummy, dumb, dumb organization. The NFL, and I'm, I'm really in a lot of ways, I mean, not shocked at all. That if Lamar Jackson is probably getting phone calls, and if those phone calls begin with, I want what Deshaun Watson has, then it's no duh that the Dolphins, that the, that the, the, the Panthers and, and other teams have decided to just move on and say, no, okay, well, we're done. We're, we are not the Cleveland Browns. 
Lamar Jackson is the first one facing um, this real tough slap in the face. And it's not just to Lamar. It is a slap in the face to every player in the league. Deshaun Watson got what only the Cleveland Browns would give. And no one else is touching that. And I'm sorry. Even... You could be way better. I think even if the the only person who could sit there and say, you know what, I'm not playing unless I get more than Deshaun Watson guaranteed is Patrick Mahomes, and he's the only one who would get it. Only one. And even then, it would hamstring the organization like it's ham, hamstring, hamstrung Cleveland, and, they, and they'd be screwed, and he probably would never win another Super Bowl. So he'd be running his own tombstone, and then Patrick's too smart to do that. It's too smart. So what do we have here? Where do we go from this? Well, I think if I am a team like the Falcons, like the Commanders, like the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 like the Raiders, the Raiders probably can't afford Lamar because they're a poor organization, which is just really uh, pathetic. Uh, If I'm either of those three organizations, uh, if I am... The Buccaneers, I would be doing this as well. Uh, if I am the, who else? Who else? I mean, that is pretty much it. It's pretty much it. Those four organizations. The Titans, I would do it if I was the Titans. I wouldn't be committed to, to Tannehill. So throw the Titans in there. What I would be doing is, I would be doing as much back channeling as I could to figure out what is the dollar amount. That is the ceiling for the Ravens, because the, the, if I'm a team that's interested in Lamar right now, I, I have this. I have to thread this needle. I have to offer Lamar more than the Ravens will, and and uh, and, and and be a, a deal that's too rich for the Ravens, to where the Ravens say, "All right, fine, you're, we'll let you go walk." But it can't be too, too much to where I totally hamstring myself and screw myself. Because if the Ravens' top dollar is, I'm not going over $180 million guaranteed, let's say. And and you don't know that. And you think it's $220 million guaranteed. So you or the commanders are going to spend $225 million guaranteed. And the Ravens go, oh, yeah, take him, take him. Oh, take him. Well, then you've just overspent by you know $45 million that you didn't need to spend. So I'd be trying to figure out through back channeling, through the Shefters of the world, through the you know the Daniel Jeremiah's. I'd be trying to figure out what is the top dollar that the Ravens will go to, because we want to prices right them. If there is two hundred million, we're two hundred one, two hundred one, trying to prices right it, and then I, I I would I would I would absolutely uh, offer that and try to make that deal. Lamar Jackson is a proven MVP commodity. Now, he's had some injury concerns uh, in the last couple years, but I think this last year was a little overblown. I think Lamar, at the very end of the year, was basically saying, I see the writing on the wall. I'm not going to risk myself, and I don't have a guaranteed contract. And so I think that's part of it. So I'm not going to take all of the last games into account for Lamar. Um, Listen, Baltimore Baltimore is the one that played this right, because Baltimore can say, if no one offers Lamar anything... And he doesn't get an offer. Well, then they just—he's franchise tagged. He's yours. You come. He comes back and maybe goes. All right, let's let's we work a deal. Let's get me on the books and let's play. 
or uh, he holds out and you just, you know, you, you, you try to keep him happy and make a deal that he wants, or someone takes him off your hands, you don't have to spend the guaranteed money you're not willing to spend, and you have two first-round picks, and you can either uh, go get a, a quarterback in the trade market, you can go sign a Jimmy G, you can try to use your pick and the pick you get to draft a quarterback this year and start the clock over again. You have a lot of flexibility if you're the Ravens, a ton of it. Uh, I think the Ravens played this really well. I think Lamar uh, has played this terribly. And I and I wish nothing but the best for Lamar. I think Lamar is a terrific terrific player. And I think Lamar if he was smart, he would he would find whatever offer comes from the Bucks, from the, you know, the Commanders, uh from the Falcons in the NFC and get to the NFC, take as much guaranteed money as you can and go compete for Super Bowl cuz Lamar in the NFC he is 1-1-A with Jalen Hurts in the NFC quarterback rankings. So get to the NFC if you can, Lamar. Uh, and uh, and and if not, you're in a great spot with a great organization with Baltimore. They are not – you are better than Deshaun. You, you, someone has got to put it in his ear. And it's a why he, he's a bummer he doesn't have an agent. No one is sliding that you're worse than Deshaun Watson. But the, the Browns are a dumb organization, and no team is going to make the dumb decision the Browns did. What the Browns did last year was so dumb that it literally is going to put the market back for years to come. And, and, and I think teams are wary with the Kyler Murray deal, the other big deals that got signed last year with the Kyler Murray deal and the, and the Russell Wilson deal that were also now looking so bad for those teams, they're a little wary. So, Lamar, get your guaranteed money from the Ravens, from whoever maybe offers it. Take that money, and, and you're a great, great player. And you could you could win a Super Bowl if you're in the right spot. Uh, and, and, and just know that it's not that you're – no one thinks you're worse than the Sean Watson. And I know it's a respect, pay me what I'm worth. But you are worth more, but he is, he is literally – the only person who's getting that money. And and his career trajectory right now is is not looking great. Go beat him two times a year and rub it in the Browns' face that they're overpaying for a guy who can't even beat you. That'd be my advice to Lamar. When we come back, um, there were four other quarterbacks that made some news this week. We'll talk about them next. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Hi, this is Jason. Biology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. High of 43 today. Under cloudy skies with isolated rain showers likely. Southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. 33 tonight. Mixed precipitation likely. 43 tomorrow. Chance for mixed precipitation. Right now, 34. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO. I'm brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Ask them about that no-fear lifetime powertrain warranty when you're at the dealership this weekend shooting baskets. It's March Madness. At Cunis Honda Hyundai. Okay, so we've talked the trade. We've talked Lamar. Now there are four other quarterbacks that made news this week, and I think all of them are very interesting. The Giants signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million deal that could be worth more. If you look at the structure of this deal, it's really a two-year, like $87 million deal, which is just staggering it's just staggering 
Um, listen, I, I think it was a huge mistake. A huge mistake. Imagine if the Giants would have got Lamar Jackson. Brian Dable with Lamar Jackson. I mean, in the NFC, that'd be sick. There's only one word for it. That's sick. They, I think it's a bad move. It didn't. It, the one thing I'll say about it is it gives them a – it's really like after two years they can get out of it, so that's good. But you're just – the rest of your roster is not in win-now mode like to really, really compete. And maybe a Dable or someone in the organization thought, you know what, no, I think I can get another – leap out of Daniel Jones and get him to 25 touchdown passes a year plus the running maybe but you know Daniel Jones missed some time because the running too Tyrod play Taylor played a little bit this year I, I think it's a, I think it's a you know it's a bad move but I, I think the Giants there was a couple things I think led to this I think the Giants are a conservative organization they're a, a blue blood franchise like the Bears and I think they looked at uh, making a mega trade for Deshaun for a a, 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 a Lamar Jackson wasn't worth it. I, I'll just I'll put it to you this way: you know it's a bad deal when if if Daniel Jones hit the market, no one else would assign Daniel Jones to this deal. No one, no one. So that's how you know it's a bad deal. Um, Derek Carr, love the Derek Carr deal. It's affordable. He is in his prime. He goes to a division where he can absolutely compete to win it. He's reunited with the head coach that was the coach of the Raiders when they drafted him. I think that was uh, is great. It gives the, the, the Saints still a bunch of flexibility. He gets to the NFC. I think the Saints are my favorites to win the NFC South next year. Absolutely. Unless Atlanta pulls Lamar Jackson. But Derek Carr has, he has Kyle Trask, the number one overall pick, and uh, Desmond Ritter to compete against right now. He is really going to, I think, Derek Carr, I, you know, he's got weapons. The Saints have weapons. Uh, they're going to make some moves, I think, to help him with the cap. I love it for the Saints. And I don't think it's overpaying. It's not overpaying, especially where you see these deals going. You're getting Derek Carr for under 40 a year. That is a great deal. It's a great deal. Love it. Love it for Carr. Uh, and I think the Saints are the Saints are going to be back. Look out! The Saints are one of those teams that didn't make the playoffs uh, last year. That absolutely, I'm I'm penciling in right now as a as a as a playoff team. Uh, Geno Smith with Seattle. I love this deal as well because again, it's essentially a two year deal for Geno Smith. He's going to start for two years for you, and and or definitely this year, and give you flexibility. You're not overpaying for him in years two and three. So if I'm Seattle, if Anthony Richardson all of a sudden is still there at you know pick twenty, and you can you know you can maybe move up, like I think there's a possibility for Anthony Richardson to still get drafted by Seattle in the top five with that fifth overall pick, possibly too. But what it does for Seattle is because they have Geno this year, next year, and they still got a ton of picks from Denver, right? Like they. That gives them flexibility to not have to worry about drafting Geno's replacement this year. Uh, and Geno played really well for them this year. He's a pro bowl. It led him to the playoffs. So I like it way more than the Daniel Jones deal. Way more. Not as much as the Derek Carr deal, because I don't think he's nearly as good of a player uh, as Derek Carr. 
Uh, and then finally, Tua gets his fifth-year option picked up. Miami is saying we cannot afford what Lamar wants and needs. And what Miami is also saying is we now have a really cost-controlled asset going into year four and year five. So we know we have a cost-controlled, solid starting quarterback like the Vikings like the uh like the Niners, you know, like the like the like they like the Eagles had last year like they have they have this kind of like wiggle room, right? So I think it's a smart decision for them, but I think it's they're not fooling themselves. Tua's not getting a he has an opportunity now to play for a big long-term deal, but I think they all know in the room this is just to figure out riding the ship uh through the next 2 years until maybe they can be really aggressive in the trade or free agent or draft market for their future quarterback. When we come back, a couple quick hitters wrap up the show. It's on the market. News Talk 1070, KHMO on the KHMO app. Are you paying too much? From the Salvation Army, welcome to Heartbeat. Maybe a New Year's resolution for you was to get in better shape. That's a great goal. But if you miss one crucial part of training, your efforts could be impacted. After a workout, your body replaces damaged muscle fibers through a process that forms new muscle protein strands but this doesn't actually happen while you're working out. It happens while you rest. Proper rest should be crucial part of your training, but rest is also crucial for your spiritual and mental health as well. So many of us are guilty of going nonstop, trying to keep up with the demands of work, family, chores, parenting, you name it. To be the best version of yourself, guard your time to rest, recover, and spend time with your Heavenly Father. For more episodes of Heartbeat, visit SalvationArmyRadio.org. Welcome on back to On the Mark. KHMO. Uh, I missed, I went over the fill. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. All right, wrapping up the show here, I want to, uh, I want to, uh, cu- touch on a couple quick things in the next couple minutes. Uh, let's start with the fact that KD rolled his ankle. He's going to miss, uh, probably the rest of the regular season. Ew, I don't like the sound of that. I do not like the sound of KD missing the rest of the uh, of the regular season. Um, mainly because they are listen, KD in the couple games he played, a lot of chemistry. It's not hard to make a Kevin Durant work, right? He's uh, the the best weapon in the NBA, but there's a lot of pressure on this Suns team to win and win this year. And now it's just thrown into the playoffs, and you're going to have to make it work. So that is something definitely to keep an eye on. Also, nice win for the Lakers last night. Comeback win, 80 didn't play well, no LeBron. They're going to win. This Lakers team is feisty. I've been saying it now since the uh, since the tra- uh, trading deadline. Players' championship is underway. Big names atop the leaderboard. The uh, play was suspended yesterday, so they finished up rounds. Uh, Morikawa at 6-under. Uh, he's teeing off. Uh, at 11-something today after finishing up at his round this morning. Scotty Scheffler at minus 7. Um, he's in the final group. couple other big names near the top of the leaderboard. Jason Day, Victor Hovland. Um, I will say this. Ricky Fowler having a nice day. Uh, you know, uh, put his name in contention. Let me just say this about the, the Players' Championship. We know the ratings for Liv. We talked about the last week's show. Disastrous ratings. This is a um this is the chance too for the the player you know the for golf to really separate it. 
Everything's on ESPN. It's front and center. You have big names near the top of the leaderboard. Full swing. I think I think the the PGA Tour and uh, the way they've made strategic moves over the last couple months is really putting them in a position for Live Golf to, I think, fizzle out in a, another year or two. And, the, and they're going to have players come kind of crawling back to them, groveling back. They can't ban them from the majors, but I, I think it's it's very very fair to say that the PGA is playing this really well, and they and they have um, depending on who wins this thing and is playing really well going into Augusta, I mean, really good news for the PGA. Uh, shout out to my guy Morikawa, get it done. I got I got a future on Morikawa to win this one. <laughs> um, finally, um, college basketball. What a great weekend we have! Championship weekend. Huge game today, number 25, Mizzou versus number 4, Alabama in a semifinal. Number 7, Texas versus number 3, Kansas in the final for the Big 12. Can't wait to watch that game. Eyes the Texas are upon you. Go Longhorns. Number 15, Xavier at number 6, Marquette. Uh, number 21, Duke versus number 13, Villanova, uh, Virginia. Excuse me. Number 8, Arizona versus number 2, UCLA in the final for the uh, Pac-12. And then listen to this. Out of all of those big marquee matchups, the one team that can really play spoiler and has a chance to upset uh, the the tourney this this weekend, unranked Ohio State playing Purdue in the semifinal. If Ohio State can beat Purdue and make it to the Big Ten final and win the Big Ten championship on Sunday, they are stealing a bid. So keep an eye out for that. But this time next week, we will be in March Madness. I will put my March Madness picks out for you on social. So follow on the mark, KHMO on Facebook, and follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hesman, for all of that. Keep you posted if more breaking NFL news will happen, because it will. We're heading into tampering period for free agency, so we have a lot to talk about by next week. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you soon. I'm a wife and the mother of two kids.